it's October. Uh, greatest month of the year. Fight me on this. Greatest month of the year. I love this time of year. I love October. Um, I love it for many reasons, but Halloween is one of them. Halloween is so much fun. There's, you know, like obviously the concept of like dressing up, watching movies, spooky things, all that stuff. Like it's a festive month, like in like the, in like a really fun way. I feel like it's different from every other kind of event of the year because it's not tied to religion. It's not tied. Well, I guess, well, yes, it's tied to like, you know, bigger things in terms of like spirituality, potentially like day of the dead, witchcraft, whatever. But I don't know. I just love this time of year. And just, I think, I think you do too. I do. I actually only developed um, an appreciation for this time of year as of recently because I was never the type of person that liked to dress up for Halloween. I didn't like scary movies before. So like I just got nothing out of this holiday. But since moving to LA, there are no, okay, so there are no seasons here. It is literally like 30 degrees outside. <laughs> it's hot. Um, so now I associate yeah. October with not just Halloween, but also like the fall time and like remembering what it was like to be in Toronto and like change outfits and have the the fall leaves and like the pumpkin spice lattes and all of that comes with you know scary movies and dressing up so now I have an appreciation for it and I think that the only other time I get this excited is when like the holidays start like Christmas time um and I think those yeah. are like my two favorite times of year but I, I really do love Halloween and I really love scary movies. <laughs> now I do. I'm not a huge, well, yeah, I, I've never been a huge scary movie person, but I love Halloween. Like I, like I, I dressed up every year, probably for my whole life. Um, obviously really trick or treating. <laughs> well, I think so. I think, yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure I have. Like, I I like to dress up. I like to... I'm definitely like an all-or-nothing kind of person. Like, I will not half-ass Halloween. I'm like, if I'm going to something... Like, let me paint a picture, actually, real quick. Two years ago, my friend Michelle and I decided to do, go as Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. But, you like, we don't, we're not going to buy a costume. We're going to obviously make one. And so we were fucking paper macheing potato costumes for ourselves it was the most time consuming thing i've ever done wait that's that's a lot of paper mache <laughs> yeah it was so much paper mache it took us about five days like i went to her house every single day after work for like five days and we made these costumes and again they were awesome but like paper mache like in my head i'm like why did we do this? Because the minute I had too much alcohol in my system, I was just like dancing furiously and it was just breaking off my body. Oh my God. So you're the type of person that like you have an event to go to this time of year. Like I am not the type of person that like would go to a Halloween party that stresses me out. So like I've never had an excuse to dress up, like unless it was like dress up for work and everyone is participating. But I don't go to Just, Halloween parties. That's unfair because I've definitely hosted Halloween parties that you have been to. I don't know what you came as, but, but that was you've like definitely been school. to one in high school. But that wasn't that wasn't high school. Like that's different. I as an adult, I don't yeah. I 
I don't really dress up. And also making a costume is so stressful to me. And then buying a costume feels like a waste of money. So yes, buying, buying a costume is a waste of money. I will definitely agree with you on that but like making a costume to me is really fun because like then you then you do it you know you, you just do whatever you want to do to make yourself look like one you what you want to make up I don't know I just there's something so creative about it and I think for me I just want I love that that ability to be like we came up with this idea and it's hella cool and now you can see us actually create I don't know there's something super cool about Ooh. that there is. And I like seeing people in costume, but I think this goes back to my deep rooted fear of people dressing up as we learned in our phobia episode that I don't like yeah. people dress up. So maybe, maybe that's where this comes <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank so you. before we veer off, um, I do want to bring it back to what this episode is about. And we are going to be talking about one of the most iconic Halloween movies of all time. But before we get into it, I do want to ask Jen, what is your um, threshold of scary movies? Like what kind of scary movies do you watch? Like what, like, do you have a favorite scary movie? Do you watch scary movies this time of year? Okay. I think I, I don't classify them as scary movies. In my head, they're just like thrillers because like I, I do like Halloween movies. I don't think I'm as big a Halloween movie as other people are though. So when I was thinking about this question, I wrote down what my favorites are because I was like, ask me on the spot. I'm going to forget. My yeah. fir the first one that always comes to my head is Casper meets Wendy. That movie is so good <laughs> with Hillary. Okay. Dunn. So your threshold okay. is like low. Like that's a child's movie. My threshold is. Yeah, I know. Most of these are children's movies. Um, Casper meets Wendy. Hocus Pocus. Corpse Bride are like in my initial like loveies. And then in the like potential like scarier type of movie i have silence of the lambs rocky horror scream any of the saw movies and paranormal activity wait are these movies that you like or are these movies that you've just seen that are scary okay and great question i don't typically like to watch movies with the idea that i'm gonna be scared because I'm the type of person that I will get into my own head in the worst way. And also I live alone. Like even today, when I watched the movie that we're going to talk about, I was like, I'm so glad I'm watching this in the middle of the day. Cause if I was watching this at night, I would be really freaked out and I would not be okay with that. So my threshold is not a big one. I personally would prefer to watch a comedy or I will watch any of the movies I just listed because I've seen them before and I won't will not be freaked out by them. Okay, but right. Josh, what about you? Because I feel like you watch a way more than I do. Yeah, and I was never like that. Like, I'm not kidding. Before I met Jeff, um, people told... Like, I was interested in watching Stranger Things when it came out because I was like, oh, like everyone's talking about it. And people were like, Joss, don't watch it. You'll be scared. Like I could not. I watched Gothica once as a child. When I say child, I think I was like 13 years old and I literally had to sleep We used to mom. watch it at birth. We used to, we used birthday to watch parties. people's birthday parties. And I was like, and I was like, why? This movie sucks. Yeah. It was the same birthday party. It was the birthday party that you were at where I saw Gothica and I was freaked out and that was the last time I ever watched a scary movie um and it wasn't until I met Jeff who loves scary movies that I had to like open my mind a bit and now I really really love them I would never watch them by myself I have to watch it with someone else but like 
it's my go-to genre. If we're like, it's a Friday night, Saturday night, and we like have to watch a movie. I love the idea of turning all the lights off, putting on a scary movie. And I want like a scary movie. Like I love like, like the conjuring really like that. Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. And it, and I think it like, I watched a lot of them during quarantine. Um, like we would occasionally watch them during, um, Halloween time, but it was during quarantine. We're just like went through all of them, but Yes, I would yeah. say those are the ki- kinds of movies I like. The movies that you were talking about, like, I've never seen Hocus Pocus. Um, I don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I'm not, like, a huge fan of, like, the Casper stuff. Because, like, those are just, like, goofy to me. I guess, like, as a kid, they're fine. And there's, like, nostalgia. I get it. Um, but, no, give me, like, a like an Annabelle or something like that. Like, that's what I love. Really? I would never have guessed this about you. But I think I it's just because, like we were like we were the we were the people at the party that were like yeah why the fuck are we watching gothica and grudge like can we just watch harry potter like please <laughs> like and right? I remember like, that's kind of, anyways that's what it was like yeah anyway so what we did um this weekend is jen and i watched halloween which is like obviously the halloween movie I've seen it once a few years ago. I had like a slight memory of it. I get, I get like Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare Before Elm Street. I get those like all mixed up, like the guys with masks. Um, and Jen, you've never seen this movie before, right? Never seen it. Um, was, was nervous to watch it on my own. As I said, I watched it at 2 PM today. (laughs) So it was, uh, not as scary when the sun is beaming on me and I can see through all of my windows. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I liked it. I will say that from the start. I actually liked this movie. Um, would I watch it again? Probably because now I know what happens and I, and I'm not freaked out by it, but I will say actually, before we go into this though, if you haven't seen this movie, it might be fun for you to pause right now and go watch the movie and then come back and listen to our thoughts on it. Because as Josh said at the beginning of the episode, this is, we, we are taking inspiration from one of our favorite podcasts and doing our commentary and review of this movie as a fun Halloween special episode of Influence. Because, you know, this movie, you could say, and the podcast that we're going, that we are kind of mirroring has definitely influenced us. So anyways, all that stuff in yeah. mind. Yeah. Let's I'm, talk Halloween. Let's do it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, so I'm just going to start off by reading off a brief synopsis of what this movie is for anyone who doesn't feel like Googling it or watching it and doesn't know. So Halloween, this was a 1978 movie, Okay is about a mental patient who was committed to a sanitarium for murdering his teenage sister on Halloween night when he was six years old. 15 years later, he escapes and returns to his hometown where he stalks a female babysitter and her friends while under pursuit by his psychiatrist. I should also say his name is Michael Myers, which is like the big thing. Yes, and he is the guy, and you guys, if you don't know who I'm talking about, he has like a, how do you describe it? Like a jumpsuit, like a, like a, like a workman's garage dr- jumpsuit and a white mask. You guys definitely know who he looks like. Like he's, he always pops up in like haunted um, houses and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. 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 And it was directed by John Carpenter, 
The setting for it is in Haddonfield, Illinois. Um, and it is, it is, you know, classified as a horror film. It like completely swept the theaters when it came out because it was like the first entry into like horror and gore in that in like the late 70s so when i was reading about it i was like this this movie kind of swept the world by storm because it was the first time someone had done something like this um the only description of the movie on any streaming platform is michael myers comes home to kill like it's like one line and i'm just <laughs> like that doesn't tell you anything about the movie at all i mean it, it does but it's also like the most bare bones description you could get that's so funny. I, I also want to say that, for those who don't know, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's film debut. So this is her first film. She was like, I don't know, like 17 years old. That's not right. I don't know. She was around that age. Um, and also, as I was watching the opening credits, I don't know if anyone is a Housewives fan. I'm not. I just know her. But Kyle Richards, who is like one of the big real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I think, she is in this movie as well. She plays a little girl. So fun tidbit. That is fun. Oh, she's the mm -hmm. little girl. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you know who she is what we, I, is she, she's Lindsay. She's Lindsay, but do you know who is Kyle Richards is? I think I do. Yeah. I think I do. Yeah. 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 But she's um, Lindsay. Yeah. Okay. So we have watched the movie separately and Joss, I have made, I have six pages of notes. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> I really, really was writing things to. Oh, like look at this! I have, I have notes. I have notes galore because I was like just so. I was just furiously writing things down, um, and I was, okay, and I both. wanted to like. Okay, well, I also we have a timeline of the movie that we're gonna kind of walk through because if you've seen it, you'll know this is like this is a sequence it goes through. I have like an, let's let's go through initial thoughts though. Initial thoughts like. Okay, so like maybe we'll just start with the first scene. First scene is that Michael, the six-year-old kid, is outside. The movie, the movie starts outside of a house. It's like the Myers family house, and you have like a POV camera angle from this kid, the six-year-old kid who's outside the house, even though he lives there. By the way, wait, outside I will the house. Say, you, don't, you don't know it's a kid. I feel like you don't know it's a kid until you see his hand. Right, like you don't know. Yeah, if, like, you're right. Oh, he's this man. Is this? But yes, he's a six year old kid. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't know. He, but you find out in like a minute. So he's outside the house, looking through the window, seeing his sister and his sister's boyfriend on the couch, like canoodling, and they're gonna go upstairs and have sex. And this kid, at first, I was like, "What? This is weird." And then, <laughs> like, why? Are, first of all, why are you watching your sister? And okay, sure. So. Kid walks into the house, and again, I'm, I've never seen this not knowing that this kid lives there. And you're right, I didn't know he was an actual kid. Walks into the house, goes into the kitchen, takes a knife, and then, and you see when he takes the knife that he's wearing some form of like, like satiny type of clothing. Okay. And then he walks upstairs, and, um, oh, so he walks upstairs after the boyfriend leaves. Walks upstairs to see his sister, who's like sitting topless in in her bedroom, and she turns <laughs> and she's like Michael, and then Michael, who is actually wearing a clown's costume, just starts stabbing her and kills her. <laughs> like, and that is the opening scene. It's like, and then and then so the and then he stabs her and walks out of the house, 
and then sees his parents who have just come home and they're like, Michael! And he's just standing there holding a knife, dressed as a clown, like, with his parents. And his parents are just kind of, like, so chill. They're just like, Michael? What are you... They're like, what are you there. doing? Like, they don't give a shit it, that he just stabbed his sister. Well, and I, I get, I, I get it's a setup shot because it goes into a wide, and then it like dollies out, and you see the house, you see the kid, the parents, and I get it. It's like an establishing shot, but like it's really just the three of them standing there in front of the house for like a good fifteen seconds. No questions are asked. There's no physical. Yeah activity happening they're just standing there it's and they're okay. not freaking out though that's the thing they're not scared they're not like they're not like why are you holding a knife with blood on it they're just like oh hey michael we're back from dinner like no one's scared i'm also wondering so were you after you saw that were you like oh my god this is gonna be a scary movie or were you like uh what just <laughs> happened i knew i knew right then that like the level of of I guess like gore was not going to be, was not going to be a heavy one. I'm okay with gore, but at that point I was like, this isn't going to freak me out. I can tell right now because even in that first scene, the movie moves very slowly. Like it's a yeah. very slow movie. Like, and I, I know, I know that was on purpose, but I was, but it's not like things are going to come out of nowhere and you're not going to expect anything. Like, you know, like this is obviously this kid is sick. He's going to then go into a, prison hospital which i didn't understand we can get that we can get to that in a second um but i don't know did you think that like that that did you expect the movie to to, to play out the way it did from that establishing scene no i i knew who michael myers was like i i knew of the character and i didn't know that there was like an origin story that he was crazy as a child and the entire time as i'm watching this i'm like like what's wrong with him like is is he is he just like a pervert or like is he like a child pervert or is he just like and i and we can get to this but like i i don't know his motive for killing that oh i don't think he had one that's i think he like i think he was just a kid who was obsessed with with killing people and like it was clear at a young age and then and then so okay well this goes into the next scene so the next scene is what I'm calling hospital escape. It's unclear to me, uh, even though I think it. I think it is clear that it's a hospital, not a jail. It's like I a, think psych it's a ward. hospital. Okay, it's a psych ward, and so we we meet the psychiatrist and the nurse that are driving in the dark in the rain to the psych ward, hospital, jail, whatever. We aren't even sure. And they, there's a very pivotal moment <laughs> where. The nurse is like, why do they let them roam around? And then you look and it's a whole bunch of like psych patients in a field, just like <laughs> walking around, like in the dark while it's raining, just hang like, like, it's like if, if you were in a jail or if you were anywhere, <laughs> would you let mentally unstable people walk around in a dark field, like with each other? No. Like, I was just like, <laughs> they look like cows. In a field. <laughs> Wait, this is so accurate. I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, are they, is there like an electrical fence? Like, why are they outside? That was confusing to me as well. Right? And then I was also confused, like, and then he just go, Michael just goes on top of the car. And I yeah. wasn't even sure so, if that was him. 
Yes, exactly. So I made I've made notes. Well, I've made many notes, but throughout my, all of my notes, I've put just stars behind things that do not make sense. That like basically the psych the psychiatrist is like pull up to the side of the gate and he gets out of the car, walks to the side of the gate, and then within seconds, Michael is on top of the car where the <laughs> nurse is still in the car and is like choking her. And I'm like, how in the hell did you, was it so easy for you to get from <laughs> your we- weird field to on top of the car and then to putting your hand inside the car to choke the nurse? What? No, he, <laughs> and then he, he broke the car window with his bare hands. That, like, yes. car, car windows don't break like that. And for him to just, no. also from a top angle, when if you're trying to break a car from the top from the roof like yeah this is another thing like he's super strong right okay so one thing we probably didn't say is that this is 15 years later so it was like 19 whatever 60 something and then this is now 1978 and he's so he's 21 he's been in the jail for or been in jail hospital whatever for 15 years and so he's 21 now and apparently has and, and one thing they do say, the psychiatrist, psychiatrist says he hasn't spoken words in 15 years, apparently, um, which I was like, interesting that that's the case. And he has this, there's a whole backstory about like, he's like, I can't even begin to understand why he does, the, like why he is the way he is. But the psychiatrist knew that, that michael was gonna try to escape which is like the dumbest thing ever i'm like hold on a second so you knew based on his motives at this mental hospital farm thing that like the second a car pulled up he was gonna jump on it and then get in the car and then and then drive away which another thing that someone mentions in the movie is that he's 21 and he's been like in jail prison for 15 years he does not he does not know how to drive but he's driving that whole movie Wait, he, I would say Michael Myers is driving for like 65% of the movie. When would he and have ever well. taken a driving lesson? Exactly. Like there were parts in the movie where I was like, he just took a really sharp turn. How in the hell does this 21 year old who hasn't spoken in 15 years know how to drive? Also, I'm confused. And yeah, how, how does he know? what he doesn't does he know how to read how does he know this there's just so many questions in terms of what he knows in terms of driving um yeah that's that's its own yeah that's its own thing okay um so next scene so okay so after the nurse and the psychiatrist basically michael takes off with their car because the psychiatrist wasn't in the car because he was going up to the fence and the nurse was like choked out and like kicked out of the car i don't know Michael takes the car and it's very clear to the psychiatrist that Michael is going to take the car and go to Haddonfield where, which is where, which is where the the Myers house was, which is where he killed his sister, all that stuff. And so in the next thing we meet Jamie Lee Curtis for the first time, and I'm calling it the Lori, Lori goes to school scene. Lori goes to school. She's like walking to school to high school. She has like her books in her hand. It looks all like seventies. She runs into um, the kid that she babysits and they're like going to walk to school together and like talk about the fact that she's going to babysit him later on that day. They walk by the Myers house and I still don't know why she did this, but she like walks up to the door and like does something and then walks away. And in that moment, it's like, obvious as hell that Michael Myers is in this old house. And so like, this is like an abandoned house that no one's been in, in 15 years. 
Mm-hmm. His parents don't live there. He's in the house. And the only thing you hear is his breathing, which got very annoying throughout the whole movie. I was like, can you stop breathing so aggressively? Well, he's wearing a mask. I mean. I know, but he's not like, he's not on an oxygen tank. Like he's not being resuscitated. Why can't he breathe with a mask on? I don't get it. We can breathe with masks on all the time. Well, also another thing is I'm realizing that so another thing is his psychiatrist is really trying to make a case for like, hey, he's going back and y'all need to look out. And no one is believing him for some reason. Like no one is listening to him when he's like, this is my escape mental patient and he's going back home and he's going to kill people. And I don't know why people are like not giving him the time of day. But anyway, there's many points in the movie where, like, this whole story could have been avoided had someone just been like, yeah, that's probably an issue. Like, like, and it's a part later, a very important part later that I will mention when we get to it. But it's like, hey, this is a big deal. And he's like, why won't you listen to me? He's on his way to Haddonfield. And they're like, fuck it, who cares? And he has to, like, run up to the police chief in order to convince him that this is a big deal. Like, why is this not a big deal? But also, he mentions that Haddonfield is, like, 150 miles away. And because someone's like, oh, like, whatever, it'll be fine. He's like, no, I'm telling you, he's going to Haddonfield and he's going to kill. How does Michael know how the fuck to get to Haddonfield when it's 150 miles away? How does he know where his home is? There's no GPS. There's no map. Like, he doesn't know how to read. Never thought of that, Josh. I never thought of that. Like, how does he know how to get there? <laughs> I it never occurred to me. That's a, that's an excellent point. Like, yeah. Like, would you be able to get anywhere without a GPS these days? No. <laughs> when you've been inside a hospital for 15 years and probably only was on that road once to go there? What? <laughs> and it's like point. the okay. next so the next morning. Yeah, yeah, he's right. He's, he's he left right away. knew exactly where he was. Showed up in Haddonfield and was like, "I I know where I am." Okay, so after Lori goes to school, she stops by the Myers house. Um, next scene is Lori at school. Okay, so the point, important thing, point, link between the scenes is that Lori went up to and Lori is Jamie Lee Curtis. Lori went up to the door of the Myers house. He saw her and he was like, "I found my target." Uh, like that's not he didn't say that, but like that's what we realized has happened. Lori's at school. Sitting in her class, she looks out the window and she sees um, Michael Myers with his jumpsuit and mask on and then sees him standing beside a sheriff's car, which two points about that. One, how the fuck did no one else like in real life? Everyone else would have seen you. It's like, oh, yeah, there's the man in the mask. Also, why was this not an easy thing to find when he was literally driving a sheriff's car? But they didn't know he was driving a sheriff's car, right? Like, that was never... Oh, wait, no. They did, did though. They... It was a pretty good... Indi- no, because well, this car was stolen. How did they not know? No, because there was another scene where... Um, I don't know if you remember this, but it was the psychiatrist, like, found a truck or whatever in a field. Oh, which yeah. was, like, his car. And you see a police officer, like, murdered, like, in in the... The grass, which implies that Michael Myers like switched out the cars and killed a cop and then took the cop car. 
So I think that's why no, they don't know. it's not a police know. officer. No, it's not a police officer. It's the guy who owned the red truck who he took. That's why he's wearing like a coverall because he's taken it from the guy who was in the truck. And then the guy, the dead guy that's on the side of the road, which no one seems to care about the dead guy on the side of the road. He's taken his coverall and that's what Michael Myers is wearing. So it wasn't, it wasn't a police officer. So it's very, and then the whole movie, again, the whole movie he is driving the sheriff's car and no one is no i was like you could just drive around your town see your sheriff's car or like go on the radio and say look out for a sheriff's car and then the whole movie would have been over yes true true anyway going back to that shot so when you're in class and okay so she's literally in class she looks out the window and there is just this man staring at her in a mask yeah like i don't yeah i think i think her first mistake was not like tapping the person in front of her and being like do you see this outside <laughs> like does anyone else see this yeah. i think she kept pretty quiet the entire movie and i feel like that was her mistake yeah that and i was like you play this character of being like the smartest person like, and that's why no one wants to date you um no i don't want to date you because your instincts are terrible <laughs> um and like like, if you're like, oh, there's a man in a mask. Ooh, that looks, that's concerning. Like, and, and I know she tried to, like, show her friends, but, like, then, and then he was gone. So that, like, that whole part was part of the movie. But, like, her instincts of being just, like, looking at him. I'm like, you saw him five times in, like, three hours. Like, this is a point of concern. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That was one of my yeah. notes. Is like, it was after, like, the fifth time she saw him. I was like, why are you not bringing this to more people's attention? Right. Okay. And then in the next scene, Lori is walking home from school and we meet, we meet Lori's two friends. So we meet um, Linda. Wait, wait, wait. And we meet. Before we get into that, okay. can we just acknowledge the fact that like her, the sweet little kid that she's babysitting is just like being bullied for no reason. And they like throw him to the ground and smash his pumpkin. That made me so sad. And then Michael Myers is just like there and like grabs one of the kids and the kid's like, <gasps> And then he, like, lets him go. But, like, there is a grown man luring outside of a school, and no one cares. Okay, this brings me to an important point that I I noticed, that no one has peripheral vision in this whole movie. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is what I'm saying. Like, the kid is walking. Okay, the kid's walking. If I'm the kid, I'm walking this way. The man in the weird van is slow creeping, driving beside him. And the kid's just, like, looking... (laughs) (laughs) i know you're supposed to do that for the movie but i don't understand and the same thing when like when he was when the kid was in the house and the boyfriend was leaving everyone's like (laughs) (laughs) and the person's like right here and i'm like your peripheral vision is so frustrating (laughs) so that really pissed me off i was like what is wrong with these people God. Oh. Okay. Sorry. So we okay, meet. We so meet um, her two friends. We meet, we meet two friends, Annie and Linda. Okay. So Annie and Linda also seem like shitty friends from the get go. By the way, like the things they're saying to her, they're like, "Oh, like why don't you do anything exciting? You're so boring. All we want to do is make out with boys." I think of the two of them, um, Annie is the worst friend. Like. Fr- from the get-go, she just seems like the biggest asshole. And Linda's like, I just want to go make out with boys all the time. 
I absolutely hated those two. Also, if, if we should have a drinking game for how many times that bitch said totally, because that was really annoying. I know that was like a part of her character, but still very frustrating. No, I agree. So, so she's walking home with Linda and Annie. She sees Michael Myers again on the street, tries to like, like tries to show Annie that, that she's there. And he doesn't, and he's like, Oh, it's a girl. And, uh, or it's, or it's this guy that you like or whatever. And let's just kind of making fun of her. Um, and I was just kind of like, why does no one else see what's going on in the movie? Why does no one else see like this, like the Michael, My- Michael Myers character anywhere, which again, I know is part of the movie, but like, again, Lori's instinct to not say anything about it and be like, we should call the police. There's a man in a mask, like, and I've seen him a few times. No, that was, there was no, there was no being saved at this point. Yeah, no. And then the scene. So when that's done, she goes to her house and she goes up to her room and she looks out the window and he's like in her backyard staring at her, which is like, and at that point I like had to write my note of like, at what point is like, what is too much, too much, you know, like what is, what is your limit? What is your limit here? Why are you tolerating? How far are you going to go? Yeah. What okay. are you waiting and for? And so at that, at that point, we know that all of the teenagers are babysitting tonight because it's Halloween. And so we know that um, Lori is going to go and... Hold on. Why yeah. does... Why does... The way you said it, you're like, all of the teenagers are babysitting because it's Halloween. Where are all the parents going? Like, is there some, like, unknown I parents have- Halloween party? <laughs> I had that question too. I was like, where is every parent ever? Like, my parents have never gone to a Halloween party. I was like, where is everyone going? And no one's coming home. They're all at the same. Maybe they're all like swingers and they're all at this Halloween swingers party. I mean, maybe. It's just like you would think that the teenagers would have a Halloween party to go to, you know? Exactly. Also, why aren't, like, I get, we're, we're assuming that the kids went trick-or-treating and then now are home. And then, and then now the, now the kid, now the teenagers are there to watch the kids and whatever. Okay. So the, the timing is really confusing. Okay. So Annie picks up Lori to drive to the babysitting houses. So they're babysitting like neighbors. So they're going to be across the street from each other. The whole drive to the neighbor's houses um, or to the, the babysitting houses they're being followed by Michael Myers in the cop car again, like the most obviously frustrating thing. But also, like, if a it, it doesn't even matter if it's him, there's a cop car just following you very closely, like, and you're smoking weed in the car, like, because they're like smoking a joint, right? Isn't that what they're doing in the I car? I thought they were smoking a cigarette. I thought they were smoking a cigarette. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. But it's like peripherals like look behind you there's a cop car just following you so then and then they get to right and you find out you find out that annie is the daughter of the sheriff of town Mm -hmm. because she yeah they they stop at one of the halloween stores or like a hardware store or something and it's like there's like a like a what what, what was what was missing joss the robbery (laughs) tell us what was missing Oh, you know, just a couple of Halloween masks and some, like, knives. Like, what? And some rope. <laughs> the dumbest thing. 
<laughs> so stupid. And it's like, oh yeah, like probably some kids. Yeah, stealing <laughs> knives? Like that's not a small thing. It's like, just stole some knives. Like it's cool. Like we'll get them back soon. Um, then they get to the respective Halloween Oh, sorry, the respective um, babysitting houses. Lori goes in to meet Tommy, and then Annie goes in to babysit um, Lindsay. And so they're both, all the kids are watching movies. Oh, by the way, one part of the movie that didn't make sense to me is that the kids that, like, because they were trick-or-treating before Annie and and Lori left to go babysitting. They were, they were trick-or-treating during the day. It was, like, 2 p.m. Like, it was confusing. Like, Why? Was it was all, it was, like, the... Well, she was and they were trick or treating. I was like, and they were like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Happening? It's supposed to be night. Maybe that was like, yeah. Maybe those were just like early kids because like there are kids trick or treating like throughout the movie. You see them like on the street. Yeah, right. But like they're like they're baby. They're they're trick or treating for like four hours. It seems because <laughs> it's like like the. the because the whole car ride to the babysitting houses, it gets dark. And I'm like, then you see more <laughs> trick-or-treating, whatever. Anyways. So, okay. They're going into their houses to trick-or-treat. Um, Annie. Oh, sorry. So, Michael Michael follows them. Michael sees Annie go into the house. And for some reason, he wants to go and follow Annie first. Annie's in, in, in the house and she's babysitting Lindsay. Lindsay's watching a movie and like eating popcorn. Annie then calls on the house phone to um, the house where Tommy lives, which is where Lori is staying. And they're like talking on the phone to each other. Meanwhile, Michael Myers is just outside the house, just like watching and doing creepy mask stuff. And Annie's like, and he's like, oh, like, Lindsay, get your dog to shut up. Lindsay. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be watching this kid. Lindsay, stop the TV so loud. Lindsay, come and help me. And I was like, are you not her babysitter? Why are you yelling <laughs> at her to help you? But also, that entire phone call, that scene where she was calling her, felt, A, felt like 20 minutes. And second, where the fuck was her yeah. eye line? Because where was she staring at that entire time? She was like staring at some that was like one of the things that just confused me but yes um yeah and then there's a problem with this little little girl who's like glued to the tv and watching scary movies but the part that's that made me so upset was with the dog when the dog the goes dog. outside i i can't you can explain yeah, it so, so- the dog goes outside because the dog was barking a lot. The dog was barking because he probably saw the Michael Myers shadow was barking at him. And then the dog goes outside into the backyard and Michael Myers proceeds to kill the dog, which is really, really sad. And I don't I don't like that that happened because it didn't need to happen for the movie. But here we are. Okay. Then this stupid part happens, which is like the dumbest <laughs> part of the whole movie, where um, Annie is cooking food for Lindsay, we think. We're not sure. There's like 17 pots on the stove, but then they're not even sure what she's doing with any of it. And she's like, she got butter on her. She's like, oh no, I got butter on me. She like basically put like a splash of butter on her pants and then proceeded to get absolutely naked. She's like, I have to wash my clothes. So Annie then takes off all of her clothes in the kitchen, puts on a dress shirt of someone, I'm assuming the one of the owners of the house and then goes out to the laundry room and the laundry room is separate from the main house, which is like 
I mean, that was meant to be horrifying. In my head, yeah. it was like, you own a beautiful house, but your laundry room is outside. That's effing terrible. Um, but that's, you know, to each their own. She goes out to the laundry room, and that is where Michael Myers is like, oh, great, this is my time to, like, be weird and murdery. Um, she puts all of her stuff in the wash, and then she gets locked in the laundry room, which is, like, a pointless part of the story, but it's it happens. Yeah. And then um lindsay or the phone rings and it's this guy what was his name was it what was the paul bill paul 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 Mm -hmm. Paul, annie's like love interest that we never meet um who is like oh you're gonna come over and come pick me up because i'm home alone or whatever um paul calls and then lindsay answers the phone which is the kid lindsay's like oh she's outside putting her stuff in the wash lindsay goes outside to then find um Annie stuck in the laundry room. Her ass in a window as she's trying to, you know. Again, it was such a pointless part of the whole movie, but like it happens. But the dumb part is like, oh no, I got some butter on me. I must wash my clothes now. I'd be like, put some water on it and then do it later. I think the point was to that like anticipation of, oh, she's going to be out there by herself. That's when he's going to strike. So it's kind of like a misdirect. But like you said, yeah, totally done without it. Yeah, exactly. So then they go back into the house, um, and then they she talks. So Annie talks to Paul. Paul's like, "Come pick me up." And then, well, Annie's like, "Oh, I have to. I'm with Lindsay. I can't come pick you up." And he's like, "No, come pick me up." So then Annie decides to bring Lindsay over across the street to where Tommy and Lori are, so that Lori can watch Tommy and Lindsay while while um, Annie goes to pick up Paul. She then goes back to the house, is like getting herself ready, gets in her car, and lo and behold, Michael Myers is in Annie's car. And then he. Okay, did that scare you? Cars will forever scare me. Okay. Because I think the movie was pretty like mellow. Like, there's suspense, obviously, but you, like, nothing happens. Like, unless you're petrified of like just seeing a man staring at someone like from behind and them not noticing. But like, this is the first moment in the movie where you're like, like music gets louder. Like he grabs her, like he actually mm-hmm. kills someone. And this is like, now we're like, okay, he's going to like go on a killing spree. And like, there's no reason as to why he's doing it. So I think like that was like, that's sort of like the beginning of all of it, um, which mm-hmm. could be scary. Yeah, and actually what that said is that, like, this is the first time we realize that he's not just killing Jamie Lee Curtis's character, like, not just, like, wanting to kill Lori, because it looked like she was the only target, and then Annie became the target as well. And, like, it doesn't, it's not fully explained why that happened, or, like, like why he decided to do that. Like, it seemed like the, like the one for Lori was kind of motivated because she went up to the house, but then mm-hmm. there's not really an explanation as to why he'd want to kill Annie, yeah, I mean, in another scene, like, so while all of this is happening, Dr. Loomis, that's his name, right? Dr. Loomis, he yeah. is at the original house that Michael Myers grew up in with the sheriff, and he is, like, I, they they know that he's been there, essentially. So he insists on waiting there because for whatever reason, he feels like he knows, you know, like he knows Michael Myers, he knows what he's going to do. Um, and he's convinced that he's going to come back. And in that dialogue, he says that, you know, he met him when he was six years old and that 
what I don't know what he said. He was just saying essentially like it was just like evil. Like he was just like an evil mm-hmm. kid. There's like no motivation. He just like kills. You know? Yeah, I've actually it's important this is important to the story as well because he goes to the Myers house and is waiting for him to come waiting for Michael to come home. He has identified or he has talked to the sheriff, which is Annie's dad, and said this has happened. But the important thing though is that and I did not get this at all, is that he's like, just keep this between us, like like he like like um the doctor, the psychiatrist was, was convinced he that he's back in Haddonfield. Uh, he's like, just keep this between us, like don't alert your team your team yet. And I'm like why would you not alert everyone in the area if there was a murderer on the loose? That's what I was telling Jeff. I actually paused it and I was like, wait, did I hear that right? Like, did the sheriff just say, I'm going to let everyone know? And the doctor stopped him from letting everyone know. And I was like, what is the purpose of that? And Jeff was like, I think because then everyone would look like a suspect. Like, you don't know who you're looking for. Like, that's what he said. But I... I still don't under I don't understand that I don't understand the logic of him saying no, don't tell people because then like everyone will know. Well, yeah, and then the I mean, like spoiler alert, but now but then we find out like he didn't tell the whole team, and then that guy's daughter was murdered. I bet he was like psychiatrist. You are the worst human on earth because because I could have told my whole team, but you told me not to, and now my daughter and her friends have been murdered. I'd be like, you're a terrible psychiatrist. Oh, no offense. No, He's I, probably I a great psychiatrist, not a great murdery guy. Yeah, I still need to understand yeah. the, the the reasoning behind that because I don't understand why it, you wouldn't want to let the whole town know that there's a murderer loose. No, it's it's it absolutely stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so going back to Annie in the car. So Annie gets murdered in the car and then gets brought it in back into Lindsay's house. And again, Lindsay's not there. Lindsay is at Tommy's house and is with Lori because Lori thinks that Annie has gone to go pick up. What's it? I can't remember his name. Paul. I keep thinking his name is Bill. Yes. Paul. But also, uh, meanwhile, while all this is happening, Tommy is keeps bringing up this boogeyman that he's seeing outside across the street. And honestly, if Tommy and Lori just compared notes and she was like, what does this man look like? Like they, yeah. we would have been onto something here. But anyway, so he keeps talking about this boogeyman and he's like freaked out and he like screams when Lindsay's behind him. And I'm like, Jamie Lee Curtis, can you please turn on the lights and turn off this damn horror movie that you're allowing these six year olds to watch? Because these kids are scared. Anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, the the lack of turning on lights in this whole movie is stupid. Like the number of times I'm like, hey, you know what would be helpful if you turn on the lights and then you could see everything in the room and would not be like, if you're scared, do you turn off the lights? No, you turn on the lights. <laughs> so stupid. No logic. The decision making again. No logic for anything. Um, okay, so Annie is murdered in the car, brought into the house. Um. Shortly after that, um, the other friend, Linda, and her boyfriend have showed up. So we found out, we, well, we find out earlier in the movie that Linda and her boyfriend go to whatever house their friends are babysitting in um, and have sex in those houses because they had nowhere else to have sex, apparently. And so the two of them get into the house, realize no one's there. Well, the lights are all off and it looks like no one's there. And 
Uh, Linda calls Lori and is like, where's Annie? And she's like, oh, Annie went to go pick up Paul. Like, she'll be home in a bit. And she's like, no one's in the house. Great. So they go upstairs, have weird sex, by the way. I was like, <laughs> watching this. And there's like so much audio of like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and then the, like, the best part, I want to say, not the best part, but like the weirdest part of the whole scene is what did she say? She said, hold on, I wrote it down because it was so dumb. What did she say? She said, oh, <laughs> there's, there's like no amount of understanding where they were in their intimacy, but they're basically aggressively making out. And like, there's no, <laughs> there's no indication of like finishing, which in these movies, they don't have to. So that's fine. But then she goes, Oh, fantastic. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I wrote it down because I was like, this is so dumb. But she wrote, oh, yeah. She, Linda and boyfriend have sex scene at, at Lindsay's house. And she writes, oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, that was very funny. Wait, I need to go back and watch that. That's so funny. Um, yeah. I was, I was like, why is this the funniest part of the whole movie? Um, oh yeah. And then, yeah, uh, Guy, whatever his name is, she's like, get me a beer. Bob. He goes downstairs. Bob. So he goes downstairs to get her a beer. And, <laughs> you know, I think the, um, this, it doesn't make sense how he got murdered. I get how he got murdered because he was stabbed. So Michael Myers comes out stabs him but he has a butcher's knife and essentially stabs him to the wall and he's just hanging there and i'm like there is absolutely no way that this man's body is being held up by a single butcher's knife there's no way there's no that's what i thought i was like way i was like this doesn't make any logistical sense that you could hold up someone's body by one bit butcher's knife like uh, like hold up like 150 pounds because like there's still part of the knife that's like out of like you can see it out of the person i was like there is no way (laughs) exactly that's what i was saying too and then so anyway so then michael myers gets all like fucking kinky and he puts on this sheet and takes the guy's glasses and like puts it he has he looks like a ghost with glasses and he's just like standing there outside of linda's bedroom or the the bedroom that they're in and linda's all like i don't know what the hell she's saying she's like being weird and flirty and then she's like and he's just standing there staring at her which i think is probably one of the scariest parts of the movie because that's just so i am Super agree, because you have no indication of anything underneath that sheet. No, I 100% agree that, like, I would say more than, like, the mask and coveralls, like, if that was in my doorway, it's the ghost part that would really freak me out, because you just have no understanding of anything, and the glasses. Yeah. I was like, did you bring this with you? Like, what? Like, was this your Halloween costume? Like, why do you have any of this? But, like, like, this is also what makes me scared because I think we don't really know what's going on in Michael Myers mind. Like we don't know if he's like mentally challenged or like what his motivation is. And you kind of think he's just like aimlessly killing people. But for me, it's the fact that he 
knowingly disguised himself. Like he put on, like he could have just walked in there and killed her, but he was like playing games at that point. Like that's what scares me is like this man, like, yeah, he's aware of what he's doing and he's like fucking with them. Like that was, that was, I think, yeah. Don't like that. Mm -hmm. Don't like that. Well, I mean, he also doesn't say a single word, which makes it like really additionally creepy because he has no word that like that like you know would explain any part of his motive like you have no idea what that voice is like there is nothing to indicate a single thing about him besides the fact that he's just like very fucked up so mm-hmm. um okay so he comes he's he comes to the door t- to the room where um where Linda is sitting after they've had sex and she then picks up the phone to call Lori and tell her um that like like tell her I don't know or ask where Annie is I don't know what she does Call, picks mm-hmm. up the phone calls and then like they're on the phone and then she gets killed because Michael Myers comes up behind her and chokes her with a phone cord so now we have three dead people in the house and she was on the phone while she was getting choked and Lori heard it Lori's like are you just having sex ah, like <laughs> she's like are saying like stupid games? things is this a joke are you playing games is this funny and i'm like Lori, you're supposed to be the smartest one girl what are you doing <laughs> um so so yeah so the next part then is um okay so yeah so there's the linda boyfriend where there's a sex scene the ghost scene and then linda dies from the phone cord Next scene is back at Tommy's house where Tommy and Lori and Lindsay are all um, hanging out. Um, and then Lori's trying to like, is confused why Annie isn't home yet. Why, um, you know, was she got this weird phone call from Linda and like, doesn't know what's happening. Um, the kids are asleep or the kids have been put to bed at, at Tommy's house and like Tommy's parents better we're assuming. I also put side note, that Jamie Lee Curtis looks so good in one in this scene because she has like like that like flare jean on and has like a button up and I was like this outfit is so on trend now. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is like, you know, let's give her some credit. Let's take a minute to appreciate how beautiful she is in this movie. We stand. She's Jamie gorgeous Lee. and like absolutely. She's like ten feet tall. Like her legs are endless. And I was like, you are absolutely gorgeous, even though your character is stupid as shit. I love, I love you right now. You look awesome. So, um, Laura goes up to the room that, that, um, I keep forgetting, forgetting everyone's name that Bob and Linda had sex in and goes in and sees the headstone of his sister, Judith Myers on the bed. And then Annie has bought her body has been placed on the bed, which hold on a second. Logistically, a headstone, 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 head, am I saying that right? headstone a head headstone headstone yeah oh i said a head (laughs) whoops headstone is really heavy is it not it but he has super strength i'm convinced because of the i'm i'm convinced he's not fully human because of the things that happen later in the movie like not too but towards like the very end Yeah, yeah, yeah i'm convinced that he's he has super strength or something yeah yeah okay so Annie's dead on the bed and then um, looking around the room is what some, for some reason she doesn't just like scream and run out. Um, also, Bob is dead in the closet and then so is uh, Linda's dead in the other closet or whatever. They're all strategically placed in like different areas and then they're all dead. And then 
there's a very important point where Annie, oh, sorry, not Annie, um, Lori goes to this corner to like freak out. And then in the corner, you see Michael Myers' face kind of come into the, into like light. And he's like right beside her. And then he like tries to stab her and cuts her pants and pushes her down the stairs. And then, she- yeah. And I will say that this is now the point of the movie where you're like, oh, shit. Like, shit is happening. Like, there are a bunch of dead bodies. Now, like, she's alone. She has no friends. She can't rely on anyone. Like, I think this is the point. Like, I feel like everything was building up to this. It was pretty much a slow burn up until now. And now things, like, start happening pretty fast. Yeah. Although I was kind of like, I don't think she's going to die because everyone else is already dead. And she's, like, supposed to be smarter or whatever. So, and she seems to keep, like, moving. So, um I was like, I already had that thought. I was like, she's not going to die. So she falls down the stairs and then he's coming to get her and she's trying to escape out of the house, whatever, whatever. She escapes out of the house. Um, like after very quickly almost getting stabbed like another time, escapes out of the house, runs out of the house. And this is like the most important point of the whole movie. I will say right here, runs to a neighbor's house and is like, help me, like furiously knocking, panting, help me they turn on the light look out the window at her and they're just like no this i was what like, I i've never been so infuriated but like she is running down the street like screaming at the top of her lungs and maybe because everyone except that those people are at this like halloween swingers party but nobody nobody <laughs> apparently lives on this street to help her nobody no. And like this, if I, like if you were this neighbor and you ignored someone screaming for help and then you find <laughs> out your next door neighbor has three dead bodies, you would be fucked up for the rest of your life. Like super. And I'm like, I don't blame you because yeah, she looked at she as a, as a teenager that came to you for help and you turned off your fucking light and closed your blinds. Like, well, how infuriating. I also, I also will say most horror movies people make dumb decisions. Like people are like, Oh, they like run back into the house or like try to like go into a clock. Like she was like out in the open screaming. Like she did everything that she needed to do. Like I think as dumb as she was the entire movie, I think that like this, this is not her fault that she didn't get any help. Okay. Yes. But also I feel like she should have kept running down the street instead of going into the house where the kids are. Because, but like, she needs to protect the kids. But but he wasn't gonna go where she wasn't gonna go. Like he's following her, not following kids. Like he could go to any house and murder kids, probably because no parents are home apparently. But he was he was targeting her. I was like, you should have just kept running down the street. So anyway, she's run, she runs back into the house, or she's trying to get back into the house where Tommy and Lindsay are sleeping. She's banging on the door. Uh, the door's locked because whatever reason she lost the keys that she had. I don't know. Door's locked. And she's like banging on the door to get Tommy to come open the door. Tommy comes and opens the door. She's now let in the house. And all of the windows of the house are open because, you know, safety. That's what someone does <laughs> normally. There is no, there is no screen on any of these. Um, and now she's in the house with well, she's in the house, turns off all of the lights, and then realizes the windows are open. Is like, oh, he's going to be in the house too, which of course he is. So he comes in the house and tries to stab her. And, and it's scary not, because he, 
he doesn't run. He's just walking. That's all he does. He's just walking. And I find that even scarier. You know, I agree. I'm like, just, just the, the, the glacial pace. Um, Mm -hmm. it really, it's, it's, it's haunting. Um, Mm -hmm. he's in the house. He, uh, tries to stab her. He is not successful in fully stabbing her. She reaches up for her sewing basket and stabs him somehow because sewing needles are not sharp. Stabs him somehow in the neck and she thinks he is dead. One of the many dumb decisions that she has made right there. And this is now, this is going to begin a three course situation of Lori thinking he is dead and then walking and then just not leaving. Like, if you think he is dead, leave, run away. Do not stay there and like pure and like trying to calm yourself. Like, leave so she stabs him with a sewing needle he doesn't move for like a second um also this is another time where she should not have just been like oh i was holding the knife but he's dead now so i don't need the knife anymore i'm just gonna drop it no bitch you keep stabbing you keep you keep going you stab until you can't stop stabbing like just keep yeah. stabbing anyone, please, for the love of God. Just keep, just keep stabbing. For the love of God, please keep stabbing. But like, no, my sewing needle was effective. Like, fuck no. And so she goes upstairs. Well, yeah, I can't remember if she goes upstairs, but she eventually goes upstairs. He follows her upstairs. Oh yeah, she goes upstairs to talk to the kids. She's like, oh, it's okay, I killed him. And then he, then, then Tommy's like, but the Becky man's right there. And of course he wasn't dead from the fucking ah! sewing needle. And then, He's at the top of the stairs with the knife. She's like, go into the bathroom. So she, the kids go in the bathroom and close the door. She goes into the closet. He knows that she's in the closet because he's not an idiot. Um, and then basically breaks down. She somehow stabs him in the face with like a coat hanger. A coat hanger, was yeah. logistically, like I was like, that doesn't make sense, but okay. And he's like blinded on the ground <laughs> because she stabbed him in the face with a coat hanger. Like, I don't get it. Um, and then once again... He, she has the knife. He's, he's apparently, um, with the coat hanger already been, you know, tuckered out. And then she drops the knife again. (laughs) And then he wakes, he wakes up from his, like, he, like, he's just like playing games being like, do you think your coat hanger hit me? Because it didn't. (laughs) Um, at this point, catching up with the psychiatrist again. Okay. So she tells, she tells, Tommy and Lindsay to run down the street to someone else's house and call the police. So they leave. The psychiatrist has now realized, or no, the psychiatrist has found the car. Which, again, like I said from the beginning, if no, people weren't just like looking for the car, this whole movie didn't have to happen. It also took him like a minute to realize. Like he was waiting outside of that house for probably two hours, and he didn't realize that the the sheriff's car was there until like two hours in. But anyway, yes, it like. He realizes, and then he goes searching for him. You know what I just realized is that this is so dumb. She's walking past, like in the first scene when we meet her, she's walking to school with the kid. Why did it seem like the car ride that her and Annie had to get to the kids' houses took like an hour? When like (laughs) she could easily have walked, and the walk was like four minutes, it seemed. (laughs) Like, yes, that car ride. Maybe let's give them the benefit benefit of the doubt and say that maybe they went up to pick up some dinner or something. 
Maybe Annie lives I think far they, away. I think they were they were cruising around or something like that. Yeah, maybe Annie lives far away. I don't know. But in my head, I'm like, like the, the Myers house and the house where he was actually killing people is like only a few houses down. But like yeah. it doesn't that, that doesn't compute. Yeah, the psychiatrist honestly needs to retire because <laughs> he's not you know as a uh, as sharp as attack these days. Um, the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist is to blame really- for a lot. A lot. Yes. <laughs> if the psychiatrist hadn't gone to the whole prison jail hospital in the beginning and, you know, made it so tempting to climb the fence that doesn't that isn't even electrical, like, what are we even doing? <laughs> so yeah. basically the whole anyway. movie is the psychiatrist's fault. Um, maybe he never but liked now, that. But um, now we're back at the case. Okay, so now we're at the house and Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers are struggling and she manages to pull his mask off. And Mm -hmm. this is what gets me is that you see, so you see like, I don't know, it's maybe a second of his face, but he's like a normal guy. Like his his eyes kind of fucked up from the coat hanger, but like he's a normal guy. And I feel like that's also scary because I think with things like this, like you're expecting it to be some like deformed person or like whatever. But the fact that he's just like normal is kind of, I don't know, kind mm-hmm. of scarier to me. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the mask coming off thing, like is just a reminder that he's like a 21 year old and like, he's not like a weird, like perverted 50 year old or something like that. Um, so the, so, so the psychiatrist realizes where he is and then sees the two characters, Michael Myers and Laurie, struggling like they're tr- like they're fighting each other, and like there's no knife. The knife seems to be missing, and then the psychiatrist shoots Michael Myers in the face as and as then, he's like fumbling to put his mask on because I think that's the only thing that can catch him off guard. Like he was like, uh, "Oh yes, okay, my mask." <laughs> oh no. Yeah, 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 and then and then and then he runs into the bedroom, even though he's been shot in the face, and then. Um, the psychiatrist shoots him like four or five more times. He falls off the balcony onto the the lawn, and he has been shot like five or six times. And then you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is on the ground. The psychiatrist is like, "Oh my god, I shot him!" Whatever. And then you get a, you get a glimpse of Jamie Lee Curtis, and then you get a glimpse of him on the lawn. You go back to Jamie Lee Curtis. Go back to the lawn. He is no longer on the lawn. And this goes back to your original point, Joss, is that this guy's not human because he's been shot six times. And also they needed that to set up the rest of the Halloween franchise. Yes. And for people who don't know, there are 11 Halloween movies, all with Michael Myers. Um, I have seen, I know there's one that comes out today. I think it's today that oh, really? it comes out. The new one, yeah. Um, it comes out today, but I saw the one before that, which was like two years ago. It was actually pretty good. Um, I haven't seen like all the other ones in between. But yeah, this man is not human. I'm convinced. Like I need, I don't, I don't get it. So the movie ends with that, with that scene is that he is no longer um, outside of the house. That is the last scene in the movie. That's the last frame you see before the closing credits. And that is it for uh, this Halloween movie. I mean, I think I still like the movie. I just have a lot of like logistical questions. 
And mm-hmm. I think the casting was like very funny and weird. It's a, it's a very like it's a funny horror movie. Like I'm not I, I wasn't as scared as it of it as I thought I was going to be. Um, I did like it though, and I would probably watch the rest of the Halloween movies now because I'm like just interested on how they keep this man alive for so long. But as we know, he's not human, so like that's just what happens. Oh my gosh, we should watch the other ones. I think Jen, you should just watch the one that came out in like 2018 because that one was actually good, and it's like. Jamie Lee Curtis returns. Her daughter is in it. Judy Greer is her daughter, and we love Judy Greer. Love Judy. Love Judy Greer. Yeah, I think we should watch it. Judy Greer plays her daughter. Yeah. Oh. Jamie Lee Curtis. I guess I I don't know the age. Is she really? I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Well. Anyways, she is still like as hot as ever. Loved Amy Lee Curtis. And this was a really fun episode. I mean, I know this is very, we're not even going to call this a minisode because there's no point. We are fooling everyone. Um, this is just a, like part one of two Halloween special episodes. We'll have another one coming next week as well before Halloween starts. And this was so fun to do. I hope we can do more of these because I uh, truly enjoyed having this much fun. I did too. This was actually really nice. Um, and if anyone enjoys this format and like us talking about movies that have like influenced other people or influenced us, please let us know in the comments or anything um, so we can do this again if you guys like it. Thank you for listening to Influence, a Margo Community Podcast. A special shout out to our team behind Influence. So Joss, our host, Yolanda, our assistant producer, Keisha, our designer, and myself, the executive producer. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms.